This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that highlights and promotes entrepreneurs to learn more about their vision, goals, and marketing strategy. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about building a team of loan officers in a difficult real estate market. In studio with us today is Marilee Brown, an owner of Empire Financial. Marilee, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thank you for having me. Excited to have you as well. I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukas Virtual Staffing, a company that specializes in hiring virtual assistants from outside the United States. And I'm your co-host, Heather Baim, a certified business trainer and coach that specializes in giving business owners clarity and insight that lets them take confident action today. A quick reminder to follow the Let's Talk Business podcast on all the major podcast platforms and social media where you can catch video versions of the show. You can get to everything easily from our website at satalkradio.com. If you're going to be in the San Antonio area on Thursday, May 16th, 2024, be sure to join us at the next Let's Talk Business Mega Business Mixer. And I had to throw that word mega Mega, in there because it's so big, right? We're expecting 150 local business owners and entrepreneurs on site to mix, mingle, and connect with each other to do more business. You can get all the info on our website at satalkradio.com. I actually finished up the, uh, the video trailer for that as well, and I didn't get a quote from you yet. And you didn't because I got the text as I was going out of town with my family, no, no, no. so I need to get one for you. Actually, I mean, in in here where I say, well, what did you think? Because you had talked a little bit about it with somebody before, but I didn't get a good quote. So let okay. me just ask you now. What? Um, so you were obviously were at the event. I know you did a lot nice. of connections and so forth. But what did you get out of the event? What did you enjoy? Well, I thought it was nice that we did know quite a few of the people. It was not like walking into a group of strangers. So I was able to connect some people that I knew who hadn't met each other, like strategically, unlike just, hey, this is da-da-da-da. Because that's the thing about mixers is you can go, and when you're going to a new one, it's a 50-50 shot. Is this going to be a good experience or kind of a waste of time you just really don't know who you're gonna end up with who's gonna be there but going to an event where you know at least the people hosting it so instead of just in the masses they can strategically introduce you to people that they know align with your interests your business so hopefully the people I connected made use of that but um, I felt good to be able to connect them in a way that I knew would help their business what else did you like about the event well it was a busy, which was good. It's never good to show up and only have 10 people. So there was a lot of new people I was able to meet too, since we have a bunch of co-hosts inviting people. Um, But yeah, it was a fun night, easy, uh, no tension or anything like that. Did you get into the margaritas like I did? I had a margarita at the beginning of it, Mm -hmm. but you know, I'm not looking to get sloshed in a mixer. So No, me neither, (laughs) but I I enjoyed it light. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were good, though. They were delicious margaritas. So that's the thing. We didn't run out of drinks either. That's a big deal. Well, it's they ran a- out of some kind of alcohol, and the margarita ran out. So I'm going to double the amount double of margarita, margarita stuff. Because, look, we're using, like, the bigger cups, right? We're using the little four-ounce cups, right, which is what everybody thinks I should do. And I'm like, no, nah, we got to have no. at least eight ounces, maybe 12 ounces. But I, I like having good-sized cups, you know what I mean? And just have everybody take a shot as they walk in, you know, loosen <laughs> up. Just There we go. <laughs> That's what makes our mixers stand out. I think we're going to do a red carpet for the next one, too, when everybody's coming in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We'll have the photographer there, and then we'll have uh, the, the the host of the show will be kind of there to mix and mingle there, welcome people as they're coming in. Lots of photographs, lots of fun, um, some good food as well. Um, 
And it's nice getting to know the people that you see in a networking because we network a lot and see a lot of people on a very like daytime professional basis. So it's a little looser in the evening when you're having a drink, you're doing a photo booth and you can connect more on like the fringe level. For for me, I've got young kids, so I don't go out in the evenings very much with anybody, even my personal friends, because it's hard when you're a young parent. So it was just nice to get to hang out with all the people that I work with on a regular basis. Are you going to the BPSA mixers? I am going to go to the BPSA yes. mixer in a couple I was going to go to your house and pick you up and take <laughs> you if you were like not going to go. I because... just have to plan a few weeks in advance, there you, go. you know? So this BPSA mixer, it's on my calendar already. It's the 21st, 21st. or 22nd. Um, but yeah, I just have to, it's got to be strategically planned mm. because bedtime is at 730. So my goal is to have all of the co-hosts of the show. All the hosts of the show are going to be at this BPSA mixer and all of us are inviting people so we can just like kind of take over the BPSA mixer a little well, bit. Well, and I've got something I want to talk to you about that I'm going to be teasing here in the future. So oh, nice. we'll have to connect offline before I start shouting it out to the world. Cool. I, I love, I love mixers. You know... So, and I know we haven't got into Marilee yet, but... <laughs> We're just chatting <laughs> okay. now. Like, I'm just here watching No, you I was excited. Like, you had me at red carpet. So. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It was so much fun. Um, but, so, you know, we had talked about, uh, like, I should do some kind of teach. I, I need to get in front of more people. But, and mm-hmm. I just love the mixer so much. It's like, I want to do more of that, but figure out how to make sure that it's my clientele. It's, it's folks that, Hey, you know, they're, they're ready for VA staffing, or at least they, they're thinking about it or something, uh, would be good for me to be able to get into. So that's where I'd like to explore when we have our next, she's one of my business coaches as well. Talk about it on Friday. Yes, ma'am. My non-existent pen that I didn't bring. She gives me homework and all kinds (laughs) of stuff. It's crazy. It's great. All right. So, uh, yeah, great. The The mixer is fantastic. And I think that if somebody's going to invest an hour of driving and two hours in a mixer and $10, which is not a lot, right? That, it's not the money that, and all, by the way, I mean, 100%. You spend $10 at a bar mixer usually, oh and our gosh. drinks are free. Drinks so. are 12 to $15, and I buy two of those while I'm there. So there's 30 bucks out the door, yeah. plus 10 at the door. Here, the drinks are included. Again, I like to make stuff I would want to go to. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a fun night out. Get a babysitter. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the host of the, of the Let's Talk Business Mixer is phenomenal, too. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Oh, that's me. Sorry. Can I say that? Is that weird? Yeah. Well, I was believing you, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my mom started that. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Marilee, I don't remember how we got connected, but I love what you have achieved in a difficult real estate market. Um, you know, it's not impossible, right? Obstacles always lead to um, opportunities. You know what I mean? Sometimes we just have to rethink what we're doing. Uh, but I love what you've done. So let's start with a little bit of your background. Uh, give me like 90 seconds of how you kind of got where you were at and how you ended up where you are now at Empire. Well, I accidentally fell into the mortgage business. I was I had my own marketing company back when AOL was getting started, I was, um, my, my, I know a long time ago, I know it sounds like a hundred years ago because I know most people are like, well, you weren't born yet, but, um, I, I was a, my specialty was book and author promotion. And so I was involved with a lot of, um, authors in San Antonio and across the nation doing book and author promotion. Well, when they started doing eBooks and, um, different promotions and stuff like that. I kind of branched out in my marketing business, but I was doing internet marketing, website design, that kind of thing. And I just got so tired of following um, all the technology changes that mm-hmm. went on in web design and internet marketing that 
I jumped into mortgages. Well, guess what? Mortgages and the real estate market is a bigger roller coaster than anything in the internet. And so, but I jumped in um, with both feet at a later age. I was 50 years old when I got into the industry. And I, I really got into the industry because I thought, well, here I am marketing all these other people and basically making less than minimum wage, or so it felt. And I thought, well, why not just market myself and get into something that I can actually make some money and save for retirement? Because at that time, I was thinking, well, I got 20 years. Well, now I'm halfway through. I've got 10 more years and looking towards retirement, hopefully, although I'm enjoying what I'm doing so much that I feel like I could do this until I die. I really could. So that's how I got into it. Jump, <laughs> jumped into the mortgage industry and real estate. So so you had kind of a meteoric rise, too. You went from zero to, what was it, 16 loans in the span of a year? So, yeah. So uh, last year, I mean, when things started kind of going rough this last time, because, you know, it is a roller coaster ride. Mm -hmm. um, I was working at a great company um, local here in San Antonio at a retail division of a, of a company. And it was getting to the point where I was losing a lot of business because I just couldn't compete with the rates. And so I decided, uh, at the help of a coach, because I was getting coached, professional coaching, to go into the broker market where I could be competitive on rates and products because I was very limited on products. So I made a shift into becoming a broker, a mortgage broker. And from there... I started out with last January closing zero loans, big goose egg. And I went from zero loans to um, this January closing 16 and going through a process with the help of coaching, with the help of a lot of different things. Um, and I also had, um, you know, zero loan officers on my team. But I really wanted to be able to have my own assistant, my own processor. And the way I needed to do that was build a team underneath me. I didn't really want to do that. But in order to have the best operations team, I had to bring other loan officers in so that we could share that operations team. So that's what I thought, okay, I guess this is what I'm going to be able to do because I couldn't afford my own operations team making, no, doing, or closing no loans. So I started bringing in you know, people would come to me and say, hey, I want to do what you're doing, because all of a sudden I was going from zero and increasing, steadily increasing, started speaking at events because they wanted to see how is it, how is it that you're doubling each month in your business to get to where you're at right now? So they started inviting me to podcasts, started inviting me to speak at different events. In January, I spoke at a big national um, called Mortgage Con at Universal Studios. So that was probably the biggest event that I've ever been at. Had a red carpet. So when you said red carpet, I'm like, yeah, I love red carpet. It was fun. So it's kind of from, from humble beginnings into one year, I now have 22 loan officers. And I had one of the highest months that I'd closed since COVID. COVID was a good year if you were in the mortgage business. And so it's just kind of, it, it's not really an overnight success, but it feels like it's overnight. What so. do they say? It takes 10 years to get to an overnight success? Yeah. Right. For sure. But there's a lot to unpack there. But I think the thing that struck me is you started seeing results, but then you start getting invited to speak, which means they had to hear about you from somewhere, which I think goes back to your marketing of yourself. So what was your plan of attack when it came to marketing yourself? Because I feel like a lot of business owners out there, 
they do quietly produce, but they don't market themselves so nobody knows that they're doing it. Well, you mentioned earlier the secret, and mm -hmm. the secret is networking, definitely networking. And, and it's the right type of networking, depending on where, you know, where you're going to go. You can go and network, you know, at a nursing home. And not that that's mm -hmm. bad. I mean, if you're looking at reverse mortgages, that may be the place to go. But I don't do that. So, But it's where you network and the right type of people and people who are like-minded and like-hearted. I got in with a coaching group. Um, the coaching group started giving me um, avenues to be able to market myself Although I can't say that I really was going out with the purpose of marketing myself. My goal was to connect with people who were like-minded and like-hearted. And because I was connecting that way, that's where the tremendous growth started happening. I, I love networking, and I've kind of taken it to a whole new level myself. It's very, I, it's, it's pretty much a 10x uh, networking just since December because I figured out a different strategy on how to do it. Yeah. But getting in front of the right people and connecting with those like-minded people, that's even like-minded people is not only people that you can be around, there's an oil and water sometimes, right? People just a little off, you know, you don't necessarily gel, but also industry-wise, what's a good, you know, surrounding yourself with people that can be good referral sources, you can help them, they can help you, that kind of stuff. When you Super walk good. into a networking um environment like that and all you're doing is piss, passing out oops passing out Shh. business cards it's okay it's a podcast but <laughs> <laughs> you're passing out business cards because you're trying to get tell everybody who you are mm -hmm. guess what you walk out of there and everybody just tosses that business yeah. card and they could care less because all you're doing is uh you know telling telling everybody about yourself and so when you change that mindset and you're going in because you're trying to learn about other people and figure out how you can help other people that's when the magic happens. You know, I've heard that said a lot, but... But it's got to be real. Here's the actual execution of it is, like, when, at our mixer that we did, right, I was going around like a chicken with his head cut off, right? But when I go around and talk to somebody, I'd be like, you know, hey, Marilee, it's good to see you again. It's like, who are you looking to connect with? And you're like, well, I'm looking to connect with, you know, realtors. Okay, awesome. You know what? Kyle is right over here. Let me introduce you to Kyle. And I take... So that's that direct very focused on purpose way of networking that you don't, we don't really have to talk about what I do. Well, yeah. By the time we're done, you're like, well, how can I help you? You know what I mean? And that's I how you network. That's the thing, though. Not a lot of people, when you go out networking, I've asked that question to people, and they're like, uh, who do you want to connect with? Uh, so sometimes you have to dig like two layers deeper. Yeah. What do you do? What's your specialty? What are you looking to build in your business? And then you're like, oh, well, you know what? I just met this girl over here and she, you know, is a property manager for apartment complexes. Let me introduce you because you guys would probably fit really well. So you, it's kind I'm of like sure an investigation. When, when you are the connector, that's the thing. And that's what I try to do. I try mm -hmm. to be a connector. Mm -hmm. and, and someone will go, well, I have no idea what Marilee does. Mm -hmm. But she has connected me with so many great people. I need to go find out what she does because I need to be around her more so that she can keep connecting me. Oh, you do mortgages? Oh, great. Can you do my mom's mortgage? Can you do this? I mean, it's not about me going out and selling, hey, I've got the great product for you. That's not what I do. I go and I try to connect people. I try to connect people with a roofer or a, 
you know, Plumber, an estate, an estate planner, yeah. or an estate attorney, or you know, different things like that. If it's if if I'm now becoming um, the connector, I'm becoming very valuable. And so, how do they stick with me so that I can keep connecting people? Well, they're going to do business with me. So, so and and that's where. So the one-on-ones is where I start with the whole helping yeah. people understand who their connection is because that's what I, I'll do. And then I invite them to the mixer. What mixer are you going to? Because maybe there's one I haven't heard of that's worth going to. I like at least 100 people at a mixer, you know what I mean, so I can feel comfortable in a bigger crowd, doesn't get awkward. Um, or I can invite them to our mixer. You know what I mean? I used to be involved in a networking group, and I'm not going to mention the name just in case because I'm not sure. being derogatory, but I, I was you know in it involved prior to COVID until things kind of shut down for like three years. And the one thing that I found that was not so good in my networking group, I mean, I got to know a lot of different people, but but they wouldn't allow anybody else in my industry in my group. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, for I mean, sure. So, so you know what? That actually hinders me. Why? Because I'm, I've got a team of 22 loan officers now. If I'm not meeting any other loan officers and hearing how they're building their business or what they're doing to be, become great, I find all my networking opportunities now are probably with other loan officers so I can learn from them or they learn from me. And then I either build my team or I'm, I'm learning from them on how to become a better loan officer. So... That's where mixers help because you meet mixers, lots of folks. That's well, right. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit too because, you know, you're bringing on loan officers. And look, I didn't even start this timer. Um, <laughs> but you're also recruiting and retaining a sales force. And that Correct. is a challenge for a lot of business owners. So what is your strategy? How do you recognize the people that you do want to bring in? And once you bring them in, how do you keep them? Because we all know keeping a, a high top producing salesperson can be difficult. So... I'm, this may be completely nothing that you've ever read about or oh, how I you do it. it. You know, I like to work with people I like, Yeah. you know, so if you are, um, if you're very high maintenance or you have a very short fuse and you are, you know, angry a lot or demanding, it's not a good fit for me at all. And so if you end up coming on my team and I'm finding that you're using my operations team um, and, and dragging them down or getting them frustrated, it's probably not a good fit. And we'll talk about, you know, maybe you need to go into a different environment that's going to help you a little bit better because this isn't necessarily it. You're talking about, you're talking about culture. So, you know, culture is key, but it's funny because at, at Empire, He's kind of like, I hate the word culture. It's been overused. And I said, okay, well, what's my alternative? And he goes, community. We have built a community. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you put culture on your T-shirt doesn't necessarily mean it's a culture. And I'm not saying that that word is bad, but I'm trying to, you know what? It's more than just culture. It is building a community. So I'm going to have a community of people that are around me that I like, you know, mm-hmm. and that I want to help build. And that are appreciative and are hardworking. And, you know, there's just a lot of standards that I have. And so if I have somebody that comes onto my team and doesn't fit into that community, and you're right, culture, you know, if they're not fitting into that, then I'm going to help them find another place to that's going to be a good fit for them. You know, I just had somebody that joined my team, was only there for about 30 days. And it just really, it was just not a good fit. 
I love this person. I help this person find someplace else that would be a better, you know, um, give them the resources that they need, you know, because they need it a little bit more than what the broker model gives them. So, so they're going into a retail, a retail position. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how your operationally, how your business works as far as bringing on new folks. So you're, so I don't bring on new people. So people are going to say, oh, I want to be a loan officer. Can I come join your team? You know, that takes so much. And I'm not the best person to teach you how to do this business. I mean, I'm not. But what I do is I will bring people on as a business development rep. So I have two people right now that wanted to get into the loan officer business. And so we call it Fast Track to LO, loan officer. Mm. And so they've come on as business development reps. They don't have to get their license yet, although one of them has gotten their, their LO license. And so now you're, you know, you already, you have the sales or you don't, they have the sales. So I'm, I'm helping them guide them into doing the sales, bringing in business. I'm the loan officer. I'm taking it from when you bring that client to me, I'm taking it all the way to the finish line to when we close on that transaction and you're learning and you have to do this for a whole year. You're going to learn, not in a fast way, but a slow way, because you're going through all these, you know, all the processes and everything to get us to the closing. And so, like, my business development rep, he's in Houston. We meet virtually. Great guy. He's already got his loan officer license. He's got his first deal in the door. Took him three months to get his first deal in the door. He's got his first deal in the door, and he's learning as he goes through it. So that our goal is by the time he finishes next summer, he'll probably be ready to go full-time as a loan officer. So you do bring on people that are new to the loan officer world? If I see they already have the sales fit, yes. Yeah. So that's the I'm thing, picky. though. I'm picky. The sales fit. Tell, tell everybody a little bit more about what that looks like because I run into a lot where sales as a talent and sales as a skill – People have very different ideas. People think sales is just something you're either good at or you're not. They don't see it as a skill set. Well, it used to be I hated to go to a used car lot. You remember? And there was mm -hmm. that aggressive salesman that would come up and, and not let you leave without giving your driver's license or giving all this information. And I, to me, that is the worst type of sales ever. I don't want to be sold to. I don't sell like that. What I do is I build relationships. So if I see somebody who's very good at building relationship, I know that if you can build relationship, you are going to be good in this position. And I, I don't know why sales has kind of a bad connotation for me, probably because all those years of buying used cars, right? And don't get me wrong. I have some great friends who are used car salesmen, and they don't do it that way, you know. But if you've got the personality to be able to build relationship, that's what I'm in. I'm in relationship building mode. I'm going to build relationship. When I go to a mixer, like this mixer sounds wonderful. I'm not going to go there to try and, and I mean, I'm, I want to try to come out with some relationship building that I have I've gone there. I want to find out about people. I want to build a relationship. So, so my two business development reps that I have that I didn't have a year ago, but I do have them now. Um, one is a part-time Methodist minister here in town. And he loves being a pastor, but it's not paying the bills. But he's very good at relationship, obviously, since he's a, a, a pastor. And so this is a great avenue for him to kind of learn the business, build relationship. 
he he already obviously is better at building relationships than me if he's in the ministry. And and he's just a natural. He is picking up business and sending in clients and doing great. Um, my business development rep is a school teacher. He teaches um, PE, elementary PE in the Houston area. And he is building, I mean, relationship with kindergartners. But, you know, sometimes they're easier than they're, other people that are out there, right? They can be harder than other yeah, people, so, too. But, but he's got relationships with all these teachers and teachers that are going into the real estate business, you know. And he's got his first loan in the pipeline. He's got um, realtors that he's working with. He's on um, Instagram, TikTok. He's doing all these videos. I mean, he is he is going to surpass me, I mean, He's already doing greater things than I am, and I'm so excited because that that just that just thrills me. That just absolutely thrills me. So I think out of that, it's like it's there's a, there's an affinity, and there's a um, they like the sales side of it, and there's some talent there. But then also, as in anything, we can always develop the skills. We may have a talent yeah. for something, doesn't mean we necessarily. Well, have that's the, the thing I always told people when I was a real estate agent. It's not about the loan company you choose it's about the loan officer you choose because there's a big difference in getting a deal done between a loan officer who's not willing to look creatively at a deal or who doesn't know all the options out there and an LO that does I've saved a lot of deals because I only worked with loan officers that I knew knew the ins and outs I Mm -hmm. didn't know it but they when you can have a relationship with your with your loan officer and know that that loan officer is going to do everything in their power to make it a smooth process. Sometimes it gets sticky. Sometimes there's oh, yeah. problems. So if you have a loan officer that just says, oh, yeah, forget it. We can't we can't do this loan. We're going to have to deny it. That's not somebody I want on my team. I want a problem solver. I want somebody who can think outside the box. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had to do that, you know, a couple times recently where somebody all of a sudden was short funds, but they had, um, you know, some land that they inherited. I said, well, let's go. Let's go get take money. Let's go get some money out of that equity, and that way you'll have funds to close. So, boom, we did that. We were able to close the loan. I was able to think outside the box. And that's, I think, the thing about high-level sales is it's no longer really sales. It's problem-solving. Exactly. If you are able to solve someone's problem with your product or service, then that's the sale right there, and that's relational selling versus transactional selling. I like it. I love puzzles. You know, I like trying to figure mm-hmm. out puzzles. And I think that's why I like the loan business so much is I, I could spend my whole day just going and figuring out diff- difficult things and playing Tetris and getting the, you know, getting all the pieces in the right place. I could do that. I'm good at that. I didn't want the reputation of being, oh, the problem solver. Mm-hmm. Oh, if, if, if Marilee can't close it, nobody can. Bring your difficult loan yeah, deals. Yeah. No, I don't go out and promote that. But I am good at that. And my, my realtor partners know that. And so that's why they're loyal to me because they, they'll bring in deals that, hey, they couldn't do this. Can, can you take a look at this? And I do that. So mm-hmm. I love helping people. And I think if you're good at, you know, I hate the word sales, but... If you like helping people and you make sure you put your client and your real your your partners, your referral partners ahead of yourself, you are going to succeed. And that's how I feel that my success is based on that. So I think that sounds great, but from a business perspective, how do you hold your whole 22 loan officer team accountable to that level of quality and care that you have? That's a good question. I probably with that many people so I meet with them every day. 
every morning. Um, I'm on a, a group coaching call from 7.30 to 8 o'clock in the morning. Once I get off of there, we have something really, really cool in our company. It's called Rome. It's brand new, R-O-dot-A-M. I get no money from this company, but they're fabulous. It is like um, Zoom and meetings, uh, Google Meet. Uh, what's the other one? Microsoft has their, their version, too all piled into one thing, and it's like a virtual office building. And you can see who's in the office or, or whoever. So I have my own floor at Empire, and it's called the Beach Club. I love water. I love the lakes. I love the beach. So I called it the Beach Club. My meeting room, I have three meeting rooms. One is called the Hot Tub, so it's kind of funny. I'm probably going to get in trouble one of these days because, <laughs> hey, meet me in the, uh, the hot tub the at hot 8 o'clock, right? So, so anyway, that said, because my loan officers are all over the country, they're not just right, you know, in my office with me. I have nobody in my office with me. We meet virtually from 8 to 9 o'clock every morning where they can come in and I'm mentoring them with difficult loan products or if they're trying to figure out how to get more deals or they're trying to solve any kind of issue. So I'm available to them first thing in the morning, 8 to 9 o'clock. We go through that. After that, I'm working on my own business from 9 to 11 doing my outbound marketing calls or or with my partners, my referral partners, talking to my building relationship over the phone, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I also meet with them once a week in the afternoon, Mondays a Monday afternoons, where I bring in different product, my account reps, to be able to teach products on, hey, here's a bank statement loan. Here's a renovation loan. Here's a, my favorite lately is a DSCR loan, where you don't have to have any income in order to qualify on a property favorite product. That's probably 14 out of my 16 loans in January that I closed are DSCR based loans. So I bring that in, I'm teaching them. So they know that they have access to me every morning. If there's an emergency or a fire later on in the afternoon, they can see that I'm in my office and they can come and grab me. But we usually get everything taken care of first thing in the morning and they have access. Every single one of my loan officers that are on my team right now said, I've never been in an environment like this. I've never had somebody that has held my hand, taught me, shown me, you know, executed, helped me execute um, the products like you have. So I think that's probably why I'm, you know, have the most loan officers in our company in, in my team. Matter of fact, they just promoted me to being the, and I don't even have a title yet, but it's like the captain of the sales managers. And so that's going to be announced, you know, probably shortly that they want me to teach the other sales managers at Empire on how to be a good sales manager. Sounds like so, a VP of sales. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, position. we, you know, we're one of these that, you know, these are young guys, right? They don't like all those VP of this and chief that, you know, okay. you know, they, they lay, when I went to go speak at, um, Universal Studios at this convention, I said, well, I need a title to tell these people. Yeah. And so, you know, I did AI and try and figure out what my title, I go, well, how about chief growth officer? Can yeah. I do that since I'm growing so fast? And I go, yes, for now, but we want to have something, you know, a little bit cooler for you. Cooler. That's more young and hip. Cause these are, you know, these are young guys that have started this company that are taking it places that I'm excited to watch and grow with. So, so we, what happens, though, the accountability side? So you got the support side, but to Heather's questions, the oh. accountability side. What do you do there so when they're, it comes they're to, accountable to themselves. quality and numbers? Well, they, you know, these are entrepreneurs. No goals? Well, we do goal setting, and we have, um, we have a coach. The, co the, the coach that coached me for the last year, 
I bring him in and I've offered coaching. I'm paying him to coach mm-hmm. my people. So he is now coaching and he's doing that. Okay, how many, how many loans do you want to close? How are we going to get there? How many Outsourcing leads do you need to have? And he's doing all that. Yeah, and so I'm not, you know, That's I'm smart. not good at that. I'm not, I, you know, I didn't want to be a manager. I'm not good at that. I can tell you what I do and how I do it and how I've gotten where I'm at. Just if you want to replicate what I do, great. If you need coaching, I now bring in Coach Rick, and Coach Rick does the coaching for them. So, And not many places will offer real, uh, mortgage coaching to their team, but I do. So, And he's out of Ohio, so he's, he's virtual too. So, I love it. That's how I run my entire company is virtually. It, well, yes, you it do. Works. Yes, you do. Yeah. And, in fact, I have a, an operations officer now out of the Philippines, and she is actually the one. She's been with me over a year. She runs operations, so she's handling these meetings. Yeah, and I just yeah. come once a week for the meeting, the just to, so I'm a human face yeah. to <laughs> what's yeah. going on. So yeah, and it uh, works great, doesn't it? It does yeah. work great, and you know the world is a, a talent pool, right? I mean, you can go anywhere in the country and find, or in the world, and find you know great talent and bring yeah. them into your your sphere. Your so business. we have that at Empire as well. I mean, just so you, we have virtual assistants on demand, which is kind of rare in the industry. A lot of times you have to, you go, you know, and hire a virtual assistant and you have to guarantee like 20 hours per week or whatever. Well, we don't, we don't have that. They started this so that you can, um, we have our virtual assistants, but anybody in the company can put in a request and have two hours a day or one hour a day or four hours a week. And that has worked out really well on attracting people to come to the company because they say, well, I need a virtual assistant to make these these calls for me, you know, once a week. And so I I love the I, the concept of virtual assistant and I think more people are starting to jump on that bandwagon and use it because it's very effective. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah, especially for tasks you don't want to have to do. That's right. That's where I started was let me fill that out. What kind of so they're making calls but what what are these folks doing the VAs? So I ended up having my VA um, call and set appointments for me, and they were so good at it that I stopped having them do that (laughs) because it was filling up my calendar. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't handle – You know, I should have said, okay, I only want to have three appointments per day. All of a sudden I look on my calendar and I've got ten people I'm meeting with in the afternoon, and it was killing me. I tried to do that. I tried – some of them were in person. Most of them were Zoom calls. Um, but that's what that's what I was using my VA for. Is that cold calling appointment setting or warm calling? Um, so it was cold calling, and I just don't really like the cold calling aspect. So I'm mm-hmm. I halted it so that I could start doing warm, you know, have the warm leads, and have them set up for people, you know, that already know me, kind of thing. So yeah, and what's the what was the quality of the appointments being set for you? So, you know, only half made the appointments, yeah. you know, and, and so that was that kind of a half, struggle. What was the, I mean, were they, did they understand why they were there and it was crystal clear? Yeah, I think so. Well, usually fit? once I, once they set the appointment, then I would call and follow up and have a, a, a phone introduction. So I was following up whatever that they were doing. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool so. calling is. Uh, it's a hard w- one. It, it is, is a hard one. I and who seen. likes it? No you know, well, some people. Some people are good Name just one. Machine. Name one person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is a crazy person out there who likes cold Oh, calling. there probably is. There well, probably if there's is. enough money in it, if the reward, yeah, if the reward is, is, is great, yes. Then mm. they go for it, yeah. Yeah. 
It's so, there. W- one last question, because I know we're running a little low on time, but where do you see this going? Like retirement. Long-term. I want to retire. Um, you know, I want to own an island somewhere out. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I don't. I, <laughs> um, you know, because I didn't see that I was going to be where I'm at right now, it's like all of a sudden I have to set new goals. And I surpassed the goals that I had when I first started a year ago. So it's kind of a new experience for me, and that's something I'm working with my coach right now. I love coaching. Everybody, everybody should have a coach. You hear that, folks? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Everybody. Everybody should have a VA, and everybody should have a coach. And I'm not just saying that because I didn't know that about you guys, but I have that. I have that. And so that's something I'm working on right now. Um, I Now, because I've invested in this company, you know, the goal is with this company, they said, well, they're going to, you know, double my, my money in, in the end of two years. And I saw, and I said, wow, this is cool. Well, now I'm working at, I think a good goal is to triple my money in, in two years. And so I'm helping the company grow on a national level. And so that's kind of where I'm going. I don't think I can handle more than 22 loan officers right now, unless, I mean, I have somebody that I'm, I have my eye on that will come in and kind of be an inner. And I can't say that word. It's gonna. I'm gonna mess like it an up. Intermediary. Yes. There you go. Thanks. Between me and my team, and help my team. I mean, I now have them coached, so I don't have to do the accountability mm-hmm. with those people. Um, but I need somebody to help on the operations side, so that I'm not the one that's you know every day trying to figure out how to get a customer from A to Z, you know, in an easy way. So I'm trying to build my team. Not just building loan officers and doing more loans. I'm trying to build it so that it's a better fit and that it's easier on me, you know, where I have a well. I, so I have a race car and not just a, you know, Volkswagen bug that I have to air up that tire. Well, it's a difference between being a job owner and a business owner, right? Yeah. Job owners are stuck because they're the, peop- they're the one that people go to for things. Yeah. A business owner has structure in place and systems and processes in yeah. place. So they don't have to be that person, and they can go on vacation and don't have to worry about answering their phone. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I, you know, I set up trying to build this in a way that I could easily grow, and that was with the help of my coach. I'm not that smart. I couldn't do it on my own, but coaching really did help me get there. So now I'm able to scale it, and so now, you know, I'm interviewing another processor. I'm I'm, I'm interviewing an operations manager for my team so that I can scale it because I'm kind of at the at the max, but I want to hire ahead. And so, you know, if I get another loan officer who's a big producer, it's going to stretch my team you know, too thin. So I'm going to put that into place and sort of like the build it and they will come. I think that's what I'm doing here is I'm building it and then I'm ready for more people to come. And I'm, and I'm not. I don't call loan officers and say, hey, how's it going at your company? Do you like it? Mm-hmm. How would you like to come to my company? I've never made a single call like that, ever. ever. How much better would your business be if you did that, though? I'd probably be dead, you yes. know, so, but I don't know. you got to build that foundation you know, first. So, and you then. know what? We have recruiters at our company that can do that for me. Mm, there you, you, go. Know? you don't have to do it, right? I don't have to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, when you have something good, good at it. you got to tell people about it. So. Well, and so, you know, they hear about it in podcasts like this, yeah. you know, so. So what's a big negative in your journey that you've had over the last year that you've grown? Something that hit you hard, maybe you, a hard lesson that you had to learn? You know, um, probably doing the um, quick to hire, slow to fire type thing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, having, you know, just because you're a loan officer and you're big, a big producer doesn't necessarily mean you're, it's a good fit. And so having to deal with um, people that, you know, I should have seen that there was an ego or that I saw that there was maybe, you know, some red flags, maybe they've jumped around a lot. Um, I probably should have been a little bit pickier on where I was at and be a little bit quicker to let go and help move. And I think that's where I've learned now. And now I'm in a good, good shape because I've done that. Um, but I think that was probably really tough. And People will struggle with the fear of the firing side of it, right? And you've had to go through that, right? And, and I'm yeah. sensing that certainly. So I'm, I'm so, I hate confrontation. Yeah. I am not, I mean, you can, you know, you can ask my two ex-husbands. I hate confrontation. <laughs> so I like to be funny. You yeah. didn't laugh very loud, did you? Yeah, you no. must be an ex-husband to somebody. <laughs> Actually, I've been married 35 years to the same woman. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I've, success story. I've been married 35 if you add them all up. Yeah. So, no. I know policemen like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Well, I'm yeah. a retired cop. So oh, yeah, oh there like you go. That. That's yeah. right. That's right. No, I think I, I'm just not good at confrontation. I... I I'm I'm not good at um, at go. I'm I'm not good at people telling me telling me why they don't like me. Mm. I think that's probably what it is. Um, I don't mind um, hearing people vent and trying to work out solutions when it's venting on somebody else. But if they're venting at me, I just you know, and that's my weakness. I don't do that very well. So I'm putting things in place, and I have um, you know my coach that's taken a, a a bigger role in my business now that will come in and be in a difficult meeting and help with that because I'm not good at it. And I know that, and I'm 61 years old and I don't know if I'm going to learn that or not. Probably not. So I put people in place to help me get through and maneuver that. Operations so. manager. So yeah. that's what I have in place now. Not that I, I don't have a problem with dealing with it. I'd rather not. I'm more of a people pleaser, yeah. but yeah, me too. some people have to be fired. They have to be let go, yeah. right? Or redirected yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I have somebody in place to do that for me yeah. at, at that level. Paperwork, notifications, conversations, the whole deal. And so I don't have to really deal with it, but I still yeah. make the big decision on yes or no. When I started um, in my coaching two years ago, one of the things that it says, it was like write out a list of everything you do, everything. And so I, and that was before I had assistance and whatever, mm -hmm. but this was like my first coaching session. So I wrote down every single thing that I did. And then it was like, okay, now circle the things that you enjoy or you're best at, you know, but only circle like five, you know. Okay, so I did that. Now, highlight those things that you hate doing that you could have somebody else do. So I did that. And so all those things I looked at and I go, you mean I don't have to do this? I could have somebody else do that? Okay, now, hire. When you're hiring somebody, find somebody that's good at those things that you don't like to do. Mm -hmm. So I did that two years ago, started building my team, got a loan officer assistant, got a processor, I've got a coach now that's kind of helping me with my team. I'm looking at an operations manager. I have found the people to do those things that I'm either not good at or I don't like doing. And I do the things that I have fun doing. So this truly, I'm 61 years old. I'm not, I, I'm proud of getting to 61, right? But there are things I, this is probably the best time I've ever had in my life in any career I've done. And I've done a lot of different things. But this is, this is, I absolutely love what I'm doing. Absolutely love it. 
And that makes a big difference. I want to show up on a daily basis when sometimes, yeah, if you have a choice of showing up or not showing up. The one thing you didn't mention, though, and I know Heather, because she, she's my coach, has mentioned, is that the highest and best use of your time. So there's the things you like, the things you don't like, and then there's the things yeah. that are the highest and best use. So what, what were your thoughts when she was going through that list? Oh, no, I love it. It's like a am doing, should doing, yeah. should be doing kind of a thing. And I don't think business owners really stop to think about that very often because at first and this is why I generally don't work with brand new business owners because Mm -hmm. for the first few years especially if you don't have any other source of income you're just struggling to keep your head above water you're just hustling and doing everything because you can't really afford anything else well you know my coach helped me with that so like one of the things well you may be good at writing emails and answering emails Mm -hmm. But are you making any money off of that? So yep. I think they did that. They they had us highlight what was red and green. Green was the moneymaker things on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Red is not. So that's probably. Exactly. That's the thing. So you you kind of are doing everything. But have you stopped to think, okay, what do I actually enjoy doing? And what am I best at doing? And which of these could I pay someone less to do than I am worth? And I do that uh, dollar per hour calculations. Like yeah. what is your dollar per hour if you were just doing your highest and best use, and what are you doing, like answering email or fielding customer service calls? Could those be handled at least temporary so that you can be doing your highest and best use strategically and and time on task? It's the whole, I mean, there's a lot of different angles to come Mm -hmm. at it, but how often do you stop and actually look at it without someone forcing you to? And that's the thing about coaching and accountability it's not that you're not smart enough to, to figure this out. Logically, it makes sense. But do you actually do it? Because these are the things, they're not dollar productive technically to stop and analyze your business and your activity short term. And they can get kicked the can down the road. All of a sudden, it's been six months. Nothing's changed because you haven't stopped to analyze what it is that you should be doing. And if you're not doing it on your own, that's when it's time to call in the cavalry. And it's like, all right, you're paying me to force you to stop and clear out all the crazy whirlwind going on and really look at what mm. is your highest and best use. So yep. what is the highest and best use of your time? Well, I think what moves the needle the most is when I'm like I I'm probably going and speaking to large groups probably once a month now. And so like in January, I was um I was at Universal Studios for a big event. Uh, At the end of this month, I'm going to Tampa, Clearwater Beach, to talk to a mastermind group. Um, And they're, you know, we're talking about AI. And so I'm super excited about going there because I end up, I always pick up, you know, um, new relationships and new loan officers that come over and join me on my team. So, you know, in March, I've got another one. I'm going up to Detroit to go speak at a huge event in front of, um, you know, I think we've got like 200 realtors that are coming up to, you know, from all over the nation to come speak at this event. So, you know, so I've got, you know, I had January, I have February, I've got March, you know. Now I'm looking at where am I going to go in April, you know. Who's do you invi- reach out who's to invi- them or they invite you? They have reached out to me, believe Love it or them. not, you know. When I was 40, I would have loved to have had that. Nobody invited me to come speak anywhere, <laughs> you know, except maybe at the PTA and they made me pay, you know. So, But now it's kind of nice. It's nice. And I think it's because of my silver hair. They think, oh, you must know a lot. Let's have you come speak, you know. So... Well, you're on the winning track, I guess. Well, it's working. It's yeah. working. So, 
Well, Marilee, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? So my website is MarileeBrown.com. M-E-R-R-I-L-Y, brown, like the color, dot com. Awesome. And Easy. are you on LinkedIn as well? I'm everywhere. I'm even on TikTok now. So Ooh. you can just Google Marilee Brown. I'm on TikTok, LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, Facebook. I think AOL kicked me off a couple of years ago because yeah. I don't think they're anymore. Are you doing Twitter? I'm, saying, I'm on Twitter. Oh, I am on Twitter. X now, guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, yeah, <laughs> no AOL. No. no what was the other one? What was the other one after AOL? It was the f- MySpace. MySpace. Yeah. MySpace. I remember Earthlink, and as far yeah. as what what was the one? Uh, it's a place out of in Alaska, Juno. Remember oh, Juno? do you know I do? For the email or yes, something like that, right? Yes, that's right. right. Mm. That's right. Back in the day. Yeah, back Great in the day. Scott. All right, Marilee, well, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate it. It was a great conversation. I think we all learned a little bit. And, uh, you know, that you've achieved a lot. You're still doing a lot. Uh, you're 61 because you said it first. I didn't ask. No, no, it's okay. And no, you're rocking it's great it. Just don't mention my weight. Just age is okay. No. That's the thing. I feel like people can get to a certain age and be like, well, it's too late, but it's not. It's not a too late. A lot can change in one, five, ten years. You just have to start. Yep. That's right. All right. As we wrap up the show, a quick reminder to check out our latest podcast and catch video version of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. That's going to be it for us. Great job, Marilee. Great job, everybody. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Heather. You guys are great. All right. We'll see you on the next one.